morning. Can I take your order? Can I get a tall chai? A uh, large black coffee. A what? Large black coffee. Do you mean a venti? No, I mean a large. He means a venti. Yeah, the biggest one you got. Venti is large. No, venti is 20. Danny. Yo, good evening. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. This is, I think, third or fourth episode of Caffeine Aside Podcast. Uh, I know it's been kind of hit or miss. I am busy. I do a lot of other shit on the side. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to check in for a couple weeks now. I'm sorry. I feel like I've been neglecting my stepchildren at the house for a little bit. Um, yeah, just wanted to recap on some things with you all. Um, I am joined by a very special guest today. Um, a lot of you might know him from around town or from the coffee industry. Um, I'm here with my friend Adrian today. Welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, here we are. Um, <clears throat> in case anyone doesn't know, Adrian is uh, one of LA's best coffee roasters. No. Coffee extraordinaires. Um, no. Part-time barista extraordinaire, kind of? Kind of. Not really. Self-proclaimed coffee specialist. Yeah, self-proclaimed, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I think a wine specialist. Uh, not even Getting close. There? Mixologist yet? Not even close. No? All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adrian's a super cool guy. We linked over Instagram a while ago. Um, actually, want to get into this. It's funny because the first couple times you started messaging me, so someone, a regular at my old Starbucks, has the same name as you. Mm. His name's Adrian Salcedo, too. Whoa. Yeah. I'll, Does, he I'll spell it? Does he spell it the same way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thing. But it's like, it tripped me out because I thought... I don't know, I had like a brain fart the first couple of times. I was like, why is this guy messaging me? Like, that fool used to be so annoying because he would come in and expect like a free drink every single shift. And I'd be That's like, I feel like kind of awkward. You know, like, it's like baristas, I'm sure you can chime in on this, but it's like when someone comes to your bar every single day and expects a free drink, even if you work at a Starbucks, it's kind of just like, uh, I don't know what I should do. And like, you can tell their whole body language is like not... It's one of those customers that orders from the handoff plane instead of ordering at the register because they know they're used to getting a free drink and getting hooked up. It's just, I don't know. Basically, that's who I thought you were for the first couple of little... I mean, if, I, if I was a Starbucks barista, Starbucks is a pretty big corporation. I would definitely give out free drinks to the homies. There you go. But at like the small mom and pop shops, if you want to support your friends, you should definitely support the business. Yeah, at least, you know... We can do a neighborhood discount for you, but... <laughs> yeah. All right, what's the name? homie hookup. What's his name? Uh, yeah, Starbucks. Don't don't hire Adrian. Give, give out free drinks. <laughs> I mean, it's twenty dollars an hour plus benefits. Yeah, hire me. Yeah, definitely. Oh my god. But yeah, basically, that's kind of the background story to this. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just to share a little about a uh, little bit of today, dude. Today was like, obviously, whoever like follows my page kind of like sees where I'm working now and stuff. But today was like one of the busiest Fridays I've worked. Um, kind of in my whole like career as being a barista, um, I think I ran the numbers and it was something like a like a seven hundred dollar shift for maybe like four and a half five hours. And I don't know if you've worked at a coffee bar, you know like something like those kind of numbers mean it's been crazy. And I don't know me being by myself, I felt very like safe and like confident and in that I can do that. And everything went out. You were by yourself when you did that? Yeah, like that's a that's a solo five hour shift at like seven hundred plus an hour, like including like without a food program selling like pastries and coffee and tea beverages. Yeah, that's espresso. a lot of stuff where the highest cost of a product is probably what, like six bucks? Yeah, yeah. But it's like also like I don't know, it's also myself being really excited about like retail beans and being able to just like convince someone to buy them instead of not pick up the, the bag of beans that they may not need now with while they're also buying a latte right now it's like you know it takes a lot of finesse um but it just yeah i mean it does it does no, like it, does, it does, takes does. a lot of passion but i just kind of wanted to recap on that like i'm just and how like in doing all of that i guess my point is like how passionate i felt and how good it felt like to me to be able to do what i love and i think that's a very real feeling I just kind of wanted to get real emo for a second and just be like, yeah, I'm very, I, during that whole like time, I felt very thankful to be doing this. Um, a lot of friends came, a lot, some rock stars that I know from the super cool band came by. Um, shout out. Yeah. Shout, shout out the, yeah, fuck it. Shout out Dead City Punks. I don't know. I was super <laughs> excited to see them. I was like, oh my God, like you guys, like 
You know, I haven't seen them in a minute, but, you know, whoever knows about the May 8th, uh, 2021 shenanigans that happened in Frogtown, how we tore the place up, that was kind of them. So to see them uh, come into my coffee shop, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I don't know, it's a big deal to me. And like, not only them, but uh, regulars and a lot of new faces and people from New York and, um, oh yeah, this uh, one, so to give it like this deep story, <clears throat> there's this one couple that comes every day it's a, it's a guy and his wife, and they come in, and they've been my favorite customers because they want two espressos. And once we started fe featuring a really cool Carbonic Natural from uh, Colombia, they got really excited about that coffee with us. So they just come every single day for an espresso. And Those are the best. Were they yeah. older? Yeah, yeah, they're older That's couple, awesome. and I was just like, I look at them, and I'm like, oh, they're like couples goals to me. I'm just like so excited. I'm like, oh, I want to be like them one day. Like, I want to be like with white hair, with like my little Haina showing up to just like the coffee shop, and be like, yeah, can we have two espressos, please, with sparkling water for here and Gibraltar glasses? Trying those like crazy experimental animals. Yeah, and just like, but they'll take the time to talk with us about the coffees. Like, it's really cool. And to me, those are like the most heartfelt, genuine connections. Um, but as soon, so I served them a shot of the Carbonic Natural, a shot of our house blend, and they brought them back like pretty quick in like five minutes. And they were like, yeah, so we're actually moving to Mexico City. So this is the last time you're going to see us. Oh, shoot. And I had customer, I had a line of like custies, maybe three out the door. And like, I was literally fighting the urge to cry. I just felt like so, so like heartbroken that these people that I've been able to connect with on, you know, through coffee in a very like real way that they're moving away and it's just i don't know i'm sure like baristas out there like you feel something in that way where you just have to see a regular go but you gotta, I mean, get, you gotta get their instagram handle you gotta stay connected yeah i told them stay connected Def definitely thankful in our age we're able to like stay digitally connected but it was just like a little moment i had during like the craziness that was today and like i mean those two moments seeing like this band that I know and seeing, seeing this couple go, like being able to serve them for the last time. And, you know, as they're walking out, I just told them very genuinely from the heart, like it's been a pleasure to serve you. I, I'm very thankful to have served you guys espresso like these mornings and to be able to share that experience with you. But yeah, I don't know if that's too much sappy talk to start out with. It's a, it a little sappy. I'll be emotional behind the bar. I'm just, I love this shit. I love this shit. Obviously you guys like know, like if you're tuned, if you've been tuned into me for a while, like I'm just, I love doing this. <clears throat> A little sappy's good. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I care a lot. To me, it's like, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a kid in the world. Kid in the world. I'm just, I'm just a kid and life I is a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I just, I love coffee, dude. I don't know. But yeah, so I asked you guys some questions. Let's get into some questions. Uh, ooh. Let's see. Someone, I don't have the Instagram handles. One thing I wanted to talk out with Adrian that I feel like, uh, we can kind of shoot back. This is a main a main topic that's been coming up on my Instagram a lot. <clears throat> Someone asked. I'm gonna read it. Also, also, I, I I can pretty much guarantee that no one is gonna know who I am because I don't really do anything to make my name known. So this is just all my. I've been a barista for like five years. I've managed. Uh, I've been a shift lead or been a lead barista, however you want to call it. I've been at startups. I've been at. Uh, cafes that have have been in business for years uh, and recently I've been uh, a roaster a production roaster for a little under a year so I'm not fully experienced but I have my own thoughts and opinions um, yeah definitely yeah two different perspectives for sure <clears throat> I mean I've never roasted or done like account management or anything I've just been behind the bar kind of and a supervisor at Starbucks the most glamorous job of all time. I mean, that's one of the great things with coffee is that you have so many different positions that you that could feed so many positions that you could go into. Um, I know a lot of uh, friends of mine that are lifetime baristas because they love customer service and that's what they want to stay in. Me personally, I didn't want to stay in customer service, so I got into roast, roasting. It's a lot of warehouse work. It's a lot of uh, upkeep with our partners. I do some sales. So it's completely different than it's a different side of customer service. I'm still doing customer service, but I'm not presenting espresso drinks uh, to customers behind a POS system. Um, yeah, so it's going to be different perspectives. And that's what I appreciate about coffee. You could be a roaster, you could be a barista, you could be an importer, you could be so many different things. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, either way, like, super important. Um, you can be a consumer. Like, yeah, a lot consumer, of the listeners yeah. that I think will be listening yeah, are just you people guys, who ha- love coffee and is a hobby and is just the consumer. Yeah, just, I mean, all are equally important parts in the supply chain of coffee. Like, you know. Um, hashtag coffee foodies. Yeah, coffee. Hashtag, uh, yeah. Please, just, <laughs> no one fucking reads hashtags. Hashtag coffee foodie lover. Mm, oh, my God. Hashtagging shit is like boomer territory now. No. Nope. Oh, my God. You're alone in that. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, let's read this one. How do you think independent coffee shops could solve some of the issues you bring up on your stories? Pay, schedule, insurance, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, very valid question. I like to kind of speak my mind and uh, bring up a lot of inefficiencies that I've seen in coffee shops. Uh, Just to recap, I am very thankful to have worked at, I think, 10 or 11 coffee shops at this point with a few like one day one day kind of like bar shifts just to like feel out the spot and decide whether or not I wanted to work there. I'm very thankful the experience that I have. Um, and along with that, I've seen a lot of things being done in like the wrong way. And I've seen a lot of things being done the right way. So I guess to chime in and answer the question, what are some solutions to issues like pay, schedule insurance and uh, ETC? Um, one good point that I had kind of thinking on this question was uh, waste reduction, waste reduction in the coffee shop. And what does waste reduction look like? Just to shoot one example, I've seen one coffee shop. There's been days where we take as a, as a closing staff, I did the math on the retail math that what a retail bag is worth 300 plus dollars in coffee bags in single origin coffee bags that we as a staff are taking home because it is the end of the 10th day since it's been roasted and we are not allowed to sell coffee on the 11th day or later that it's been roasted, which is thinking back on it, it's completely just, it's inefficient and it's very wasteful and it's very, um, it's just, it's based on misguided information that a consumer wouldn't want coffee that's roasted 10 days ago or later because they're not going to have the per- the perception that it's fresh quotes unquote fresh um i mean sometimes it is true there are a lot of misinformation that that will lead to customers not wanting 10 14 day old coffee yeah and but the reality is like you should only be starting to serve that coffee after 14 days or 21 like three weeks out or even a month out like if it's for ideally for an espresso i would want to pull that espresso once it's four weeks out because that's when it's going to be fully leveled out and not tasting like popcorn um but also in that on that same specific example that 300 plus retail value of coffees that we were taking home was not marked out through inventory through a system it was not accounted for as waste or anything. It was just, okay, just take it home. And, and it's just like beans, it's value that disappears from the company. So we as a closing shift, why are we destroying $300 worth of revenue instead of putting that in our paycheck? And it's just like, or in, and if not putting into our paycheck, putting into, a, into the store value as a whole so that we can have stuff like insurance or something else. It's just like, money that's being taken out of the money pool that's um being just wasted i felt like inefficiently um what do you have on that no i think i have a feeling that you're referencing a cafe slash roastery so a yeah which is like their way of doing things is like yeah well we don't sell anything past 10 days yeah then i think there's a deep-rooted problem within that company probably that there's a lot more problems to be said than just that the management the roasters the cafe managers um there's a lot more problems uh behind that small issue yeah i mean it was just a lot of i mean maybe you guys can chime in and i'd love to hear your guys's perspective on on your coffee shops and how you do things i mean on that specific vein of retail waste to hit on the issue of uh, pay and scheduling, um, pay, pay, it's pay is something I love to talk on. Um, I think it's a shame uh, that as a barista myself, coming from a supervisor position at Starbucks where I was in charge of, 
closing $6,000, $7,000 days, running a team of five on a closing shift, counting six cash drawers a night, locking the doors, doing inventory, the whole, the whole thing and being a jack of all trades, wearing the hats of barista, drive through operator, cashier, janitor, even some fucking security guard at Starbucks when I got to kick people out. Like you got to do everything. You got to do everything. And I'm, I'm taking a flat per hour rate. And then to jump into the world of specialty coffee and be treated like, like a, like, <clears throat> like a nobody, like my experience had no, as if my experience had no wealth and as, as, as if my know-how had no value you're because just, I came uh, from a Starbucks. You're just a vending machine shooting out drinks. Yeah, that's what I was perceived as. And I, I, like I said earlier on my Instagram today, I had to beg. I had to beg and beg and beg coffee shops to hire me, for anyone to hire me. And so I eventually got hired at some. But pay. Pay. So coffee shops are just going to have a flat rate they start baristas at. It's not going to be based on x person and the value they bring to the company or because of their what their resume looks like and what they're worth it's just going to be this is our company this is what we pay baristas it's x an hour so are you going to take that or not take that um pay is a a very tricky thing obviously we all expect to be matched on pay from our previous jobs or an increase which i think is very logical uh that's the approach i've always taken Definitely sustainable if you think about inflation. If you're working yeah. at a cafe where you're getting paid X amount this year and then you move on next year, you should definitely not accept anything less yeah. for just because the cost of living, everything is going up. Yeah, and like just like for my example, my personal example, like I went from being paid X at a Starbucks, I don't remember what it was, but then taking like a small cut to be able to work in a so-called specialty environment and i the way i met i matched that for myself was by doing lift rides and i've been a lift driver since then and it it fucking sucks i'm just gonna say like that it fucking sucks to clock out from a six-hour shift at, at the specialty coffee shop just to go do rides so that i make my per diem so that i don't end up behind on bills like that's what my life has been like for the past three years it really sucks and it's draining and i don't think anyone should have to do that in the specialty coffee industry, I guess specifically, like maybe like in other avenues of like retail work that might be a necessity, but you know, in a, in an industry that calls itself or shops that call themselves so-called specialty coffee shops, there should be no reason why like your, your literally, your literally specialist workers are not making enough to survive on. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely a question to be asked on like, what is a specialty cap shop? What is a, what is a uh, second wave shop versus a 2.5 or a third wave shop? What makes a shop specialty? And I think there's different levels of specialty shops. Like you shouldn't expect to go to some small mom and pop uh, that's really not a specialty shop and getting paid X amount when all they can afford is. They're the the wage that they're offering is going to match the experience um, of the person. So if they're offering you right. minimum ma- wage, then they're going to get minimum wage workers. Um, so if like a big corporation like Starbucks or a big well-known specialty cafe that's re- requiring you to have a year minimum experience, their pay should definitely reflect that. And if it's not, if they're offering their tips... And their tips, they're proclaiming that it's adding $5 to your minimum wage or something, some BS that's actually not true, then there's some serious problems going on within that cafe. They probably don't have a business model that's sustainable and they're paying too much money on something else. Or if it's like owned by one person, they're just trying to make as much money. Or they're, they're wasting money where they don't even realize they're wasting, such as on beans or dialing in on retail that's not being marked out. And then because of that, they're not able to pay experienced workers experienced pay. Yeah. Or there's definitely a trend of like multi-roasting and like paying delivery, paying all this stuff to get a, a coffee from a roaster that's in Copenhagen or Germany or wherever. Um and then they don't change the prices of the coffee, and then that's going to reflect on the poor wage of the barista. Yeah, pay is definitely a tricky one. Um, my best advice to anyone out there and anyone who's listening, 
Uh, feel free to negotiate on a, on a case by case basis. Advocate for yourself. Yeah, advocate for your for yourself. No one's gonna do it. Know your worth and do not sell yourself short. Uh, just yeah. to, just to like reflect on my own experiences. Very recently, I interviewed at a spot and they said they had my resi- resume printed out, and they told me several times, "I'm very impressed with your resume. It looks good." Um, I, yeah, I want to talk more. And like, I showed up just for an espresso and I dropped off. And, oh yeah, my bad. I actually had dropped off the resume and the manager was like, oh, 15 bucks an hour. Yeah. I'm get, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting to that. Yeah. But it was like, I just, I ordered an espresso just to see what's up. Dropped off my resume. Manager was like, oh, you're dropping off resume. Uh, yeah. St- step aside for me. Let's talk. And he said, okay, it looks good. I'm really impressed. Uh, do you want to come work behind the bar for a little bit? And just like, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm down do it make me a cortado make me a cappuccino okay like cool okay i like i like how you do things uh i'll have the i'll have the other owner call you in a little bit i go home wait it out get a phone call okay so uh we really like your resume um so and so my business partner spoke to you so we started baristas at a 15 an hour is that cool with you uh of course i told them no but it just felt like i saw all of that happen and i just kind of saw what was going on that they saw I guess they thought they could get an experienced worker at a low ball price and they kind of saw that opportunity and I guess they're just used to like having, I guess not staying competent workers, but they're just used to having like fresh baristas or people that come from different, different high turnover of, probably. I yeah. They're used, they're used to high turnover. They're used to getting like maybe Starbucks or Target or mall employees that want a cool, cool coffee job. And they're just used to just, that's what we offer. Yeah. Whereas they didn't take like a per case approach and see, okay, this person brings X amount of value based on the resume and based on the literal bar flow. We just saw them execute in the shop and let's have an approachable wage for them. That's going to be, you know, yeah, there's definitely not a way to measure efficiency right now. You yeah. don't hear people say, oh, this person can knock out drinks under an X amount of drinks under five minutes. He's saving us X amount of money. There's definitely not a yeah. scale on how to do that right now, which there should be. And a lot of cafes probably don't even like have higher prices for their drinks or their drink menu. And right. because they're just thinking people are going to come here if our prices are low. And if our prices are low, then our wages also have to be low because you have to keep the overhead low. Yeah. But you can't you can't want really experienced people with great customer service skills and years of coffee background to perform at the level you want with paying them very little. Not able. I mean, we live in LA. You can't you can't do that on a minimum. Yeah. Wage. No one can survive even with roommates off a minimum wage full time coffee job at all you need you need something else like that's what that's the joke like when i first started a coffee shop everyone like the the common thing the common question in in talking to people what else do you do why should a coffee worker have to do something else why is there why is there a what else do you do for money i don't know it just bugs me i guess to tie that in with like schedule and stuff it's just advocate for yourself know your worth if you really think that you bring worth to a coffee shop show up to every shift and work in confidence and do the most and expect the most for it. I think just be confident in yourself. And if, if you show up because you're just there to clock in and out, you shouldn't be complaining that you're not making so-and-so on the hour. You should, you should look for something else to do. If you're not, if you're not really like passionate about what you're doing in the coffee industry, I think it is an industry made for people who are passionate um, I've seen a lot of people complain about X, Y, and Z, but they don't show up ready to hit the hit the ground running and do the most and do all they can. So I think if it really bugs you, know your worth, know why you're there, know what you bring to the company as a whole, and just be just be sure of yourself. I don't know. Do you have anything else to chime in on that? Yeah, no, I think definitely knowing your worth is really important um, on both ends. If you only have like a year of coffee experience and you've only worked at a shop for a year, it's okay to be real with yourself that you're not ready to take the next step or maybe you don't deserve $20 an hour to be a manager or it's, it's both ends. Um, and I think it's really important to learn from all the experience that you have. Um, or it's okay to think about, Hey, I should probably work at another cafe 
uh, for another six months or another year and gather as much experience as I can so that I could approach this other cafe that's paying a lot higher for more experienced baristas. Um, and then I'll be ready. It's totally okay to be real with yourself, but if you have those years, you have the knowledge, it's really important to know your worth and to realize I should probably not be working at minimum wage for this cafe. I bring a lot more, I bring a lot more worth to the table than what I'm being paid for right now. And sometimes you just have to open up the conversation with the owner. Sometimes, most of the time, they don't even know that you're feeling the certain way. You're, you just built up a bunch of resentment and feelings and emotions. And, and for some reason you expect the owners or the managers to know exactly how you feel, but people can't read minds. And I know how easy it is to get lost in your thoughts and to feel pain and to get angry for all the time you spent there to not get a pay bump. Um, you just have to bring it up to them and how What's they- some way, like tangible, realistic ways to do that? Cause I've struggled yeah. with that myself. Well, here's the thing. It's like, if you approach it the way that the owner or the manager or whoever is above you responds really shows their character. If they get mad at you, I don't think that's a company that you want to grow in. If they're like, hey, Daniel, you know what? You're right. You bring this, this amount to the table, to this company. You deserve a higher wage. Uh, let's get that for you. That shows that they're willing to work and that's, that's a company that you probably want to grow in if there's room. Um, if they get mad at you and they make you feel degraded, they, they don't, they, if they get mad at you, it's probably not a company that you want to grow in. And then you're like, okay, here's my two week notice. I'm done here. I, but you just, it's important to know that you didn't waste your time because the amount of time that you were there, you got experience, you got to meet great people, you got to make connections and you, you had time to perfect your craft. It's, yeah, you had time to get get experience for yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to know that to never feel like you lost time. Even if you work in the worst conditions, the, work, the worst in environment, don't feel like you lost time. You, you powered through, you built up uh, endurance, and there's always situations that you can learn from and, and grow in and use that at your next opportunity. I think that's really important to... You realize yeah i think that's well done um yeah communication's hard uh, i would say just break the fear barrier break the break the mental pattern just be like oh you asked me a question huh yeah well no no what was, that, it, what was no that was how answered you, how would you approach it and i think it's just like i think it's that simple communication like hey uh so and so uh can we can we just like sit outside yeah. and just like let's talk don't, over some don't coffee? go at it like you're entitled to it even if you feel that way just be respectful right. and if they're respectful just, back <clears throat> um it it you might get what you want. Right. And just like, just be real. Run the numbers yourself. How much, yeah. how much business did I do this opening shift for four hours by how much, myself? How much time do you spend there? Are you spending yeah. extra time talking to customers, um, building up more of a reliable customer base right. to that cafe? Like how much are you getting paid and how much are they growing? Cause if they're growing and you're part of the growth, you should get compensated for that. You should get a pay bump. Yeah, you're you're the one behind the bar. You're the one selling drinks. You're the one doing the business for the company. How much? Just be real with yourself about the wealth you bring, and just approach it very fairly. You know, don't be don't be hurt when you get no as an answer. Like, don't be hurt. Just have thick skin. Um, and know when to bounce. No when. Yeah. No when. No when it's time to separate yourself respectfully in a in a respectful way. Yeah. Give as much, give as much notice in you, as you can. Depends um, on the situation, definitely. But some people don't respect always, you back. But definitely, definitely be be the bigger person and show respect. It pays to not burn bridges because yeah. you don't know years down the road if you yeah. want some advice on like if you want to ever start your own cafe. Yeah, and you want to talk to them about how investors work or how much should I spend on this? You just never yeah. want to burn bridges. Yeah, definitely. All right. Next, let's hit on, um, I think this is more of a question for Adrian, but someone asked me, talk about sustainable and ethical bean purchases and uh, talk a little bit about building with farmers. Um, so I've worked with a few roasters at this point, some in more contact. Sustainable bean purchases? So, sustainable, sustainable and ethical bean purchases. So they're talking about <laughs> buying green coffee at, buying at green. Origin and getting it transported and then building a connection with farmers. Uh, I only know so much from my experience as a barista. I've seen a lot of shops do different 
things in different ways. I know there's avenues where a roaster <clears throat> is uh, basically just uh, someone that had money and they found the website, whatever it's called, whatever that, the main website is that everyone buys green coffee from and they just go to the top charts and they see what's selling and they'll just buy some of it and be like, all right, I got a probot. I pay the per hour on a shared space and I'm just gonna buy these beans that are 91 plus or whatever from this, this one farm and that's it. They'll sell it to you. The, 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 the money transfer goes through and your coffee gets here a month down the line. And that's it. That's all it, that's all it has to be as a transaction. And then there's other farmers where it's like, we've gone to origin. The farmers know us. They come to the cafe once a year to check in and we work directly with them and we only buy from their farm season after season. Um, kind of talk about the relationships that you've seen, Adrian, and in the way different things are done. Because like Starbucks, for example, Starbucks, I have no idea where that stuff comes from. Just beans show up in this metal bag. It looks like... Metal bag? What's, yeah, it's like an, an aluminum silver bag. Oh, wow. That's it's, like, uh, it's like, I don't know if anyone's seen Lost. What's that? The company that all this shit just comes in like this, the <laughs> most plain packaging. And it just has like coffee beans. And it's just like, that's what it is. And it's like... Uh, but then I've, I've been on the other hand where it's like uh, working with different coffee roasters where they're like, oh, yeah. Or, oh, when I showed up to Mobar, I showed up to Mobar in, in uh, Alhambra and the person in line in front of me, the barista told me, oh, that's actually the guy who owns the farm where our beans come from. And I was like, what? That's like so the, to me, that's so cool. Like, wait, what? The guy who owns the farm who grows your coffee beans is here ordering a drink like that's so cool to me. So I've seen kind of like as detached as Starbucks is, and then I've seen very connected situations like that. Um, what is this perspective that people have where like, of a so-called so ethical green buying, or what is a, a good relationship with the farmers look like? Yeah, I am not an experienced green buyer, nor do I work with importers, I just have uh, I just know some things because I work at a place where we source coffee and I think we do it very well um, inside the industry. Um, and I think there's certain, th certain, certain things that our green buyer uh, does that is pioneering a sustainable way to get green coffee. Um, but there's a lot of different stuff that can happen along the chain um, that may be sustainable and that may not be sustainable. It just, like, what is your definition of su sustainability? It's it's everyone along the, the chain. The farmer needs to win every time and not be taken Yeah, advantage. definitely. Like, the farmer needs to win. Everyone needs to win. The roaster needs to win. The Because the baristas need to win. Everyone along the chain needs to win, and that's what sustainability is. That's where the coffee industry is failing, is we're, we're working in an industry where all the prices are driven by the consumers and not by the producers. Um, even buying green, it's driven by the consumers. Even buying uh, lattes, you're not gonna see any lattes over six bucks, even though it, like the coffee came from Ethiopia and it took X amount of months to get shipped overseas and then get roasted. And all of that costs so much money just to sell a $6 drink or a $4 espresso. It's crazy. Uh, and it's these are the prices because we know that consumers aren't going to pay any more. Even though we know that they're just going to go across the street and buy a $12 shitty beer uh, that they don't even know who brewed it. And it's, it's like at this dingy bar where the lines never get clean. It's crazy how... $12 for someone to pull a tap yeah, into a glass. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you have this very delicate espresso coming from a single farmer whether it may be a micro lot or not a micro lot just getting pulled through this fifteen thousand dollar twenty five thousand dollar machine there's definitely twenty five yeah off a five thousand dollar grinder off of a five thousand dollar grinder just to pay for a four dollar espresso it's insane <sighs> God, how do we expect braces to to live along that chain how do we expect business owners to have successful cafes how do we suspect how do we expect producers to be able to pay for their kids to go to college if that's what they want to do or buy a pair of glasses if their kids need glasses if we can't even buy soap can't, can't, can't buy soap can't even buy body wash my guy can't even, can't even afford conditioner man oh my god oh my god it's it's there but there are people doing it right i definitely know that the company that the very small company i work at 
uh, is doing it right. Um, but there are also a bunch of different so-called specialty roasters not doing it right. There's, like Daniel mentioned earlier, it's very easy to just cup the best of the coffees, 90-point coffees, have no idea which farm it comes from, not have no idea which, like who the grower is, and all because it tastes really good to just put it on contract and pay very little for it. Uh, it's super easy to do that, and it just depends what kind of company you want to run do you want to be the roaster doing dope shit and paying high premiums way above sea market level um and pay these premiums to know your to know your growers to talk to them on whatsapp to know how they're doing hey like there's producers that we work with um that tell us hey my son needs glasses and that could be a use that could be a way that we could support our relationship uh, where it's we send them glasses for their for their kids or we send them we've sent we sent laptops we've sent gps's to some of the growers we work with or even if they want some help in the infrastructure uh, being able to process their coffee better so that they could sell their coffee for more to other roasters that's something that we do uh, you want a moisture meter okay we'll give you a moisture meter um because unfortunately we're not big enough to buy all of the coffee that they're growing but if there's a way that we could support them and help them charge higher prices for the other roasters they work with or the other importers exporters processing mills whoever um, that's a way we can support them so they can charge higher um, and that is what sustainable is it's sustainability along the whole chain not just producers not just says everyone. And that is the hard part. It's coffee is, coffee is, it's incredible that we can get a great tasting espresso all the way in America um, when it took six months to ship across sea where it's salty in the air and it's weather is just destroying the container that it's on. Um, it's, there's so much that goes into getting coffee. So many hands sorting, so many so many people talking about it so many people trying to there's just so many people involved um which is which is why we need to pay our baristas higher because we want to get them excited because at the end of the day we get this coffee and the barista is the one representing the whole chain which is insane the minimum wage barista we're trusting them to 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 know this long super long chain and represent represented well so that the consumer the customer is comfortable paying six seven bucks for the coffee it's it's crazy yeah and i guess to add on to that from what i've seen personally i've seen you know the coffee roasting game in itself the roasting aspect of it is a lot of like oh i have money i have some like extra i have an extra like twenty thousand thanks to x and I have a friend who owns a roaster and he said he'd let me rent out his roaster for X dollars an hour. So I know where the website that everybody buys green coffee from. So I'm just gonna buy 10 pounds of this really cool Yirgacheff that I found that looks good. And then I'm just gonna try to roast it. And then I'm gonna slap, I'm gonna design some sticker based off the homie's drawing. And then I'm gonna sell that. And it feels like that multiplied like exponentially is what a lot of this roasting game in LA seems to be, unfortunately. And it's not a lot of like, okay, I want to create a sustainable model from start to finish, from farm to cup, so that everybody can win, so that I can win and make a living off this. It's just people see it as a quick cash grab. Uh, yeah, and the roasters that do that, they just care about, oh, from your good chef. Okay, what part of Yurgachev? Who cares? It's from Yurgachev. Yeah. Everyone knows what Yurgachev is. Oh, it's is. a natural bomb. It's Those a natural. Bomb. It's just all these, all these things that are true these and buzzwords, real. But buzzwords. Yeah, they could definitely be used as buzzwords, and but that's all they care about is just is just selling Yurgachev, selling the natural, roasting that, and selling that to the customer. That's all they care about. That's and then that's being like, line. look, I'm a coffee roaster. Yeah, I'm a I'm a coffee toaster. Yeah, coffee. I'm a coffee cooker. I'm Heisenberg. Oh my God. But yeah, I think, I hope that answers some of that question. We're definitely not experts when it comes to that stuff. Um, if you're really curious about that kind of stuff, I encourage you um, to dive into some of those topics. Uh, just Google, Google 
Google green coffee buying and just, just see, Google, see what Google. comes up. Yeah, Google, Google. And then in Google, Google green. Google, yeah. Green, yeah, green definitely coffee. a lot of... Look, a lot of this is like... We're not experts. I'm definitely not an expert. I'm a self-proclaimed expert. Everyone in coffee is a self-proclaimed <laughs> expert. But yeah, if you really want to just dive in. I'm sure it's a lot of stuff is going to fly over people's heads, but just dive in where you can and learn what you can. And Yeah, you know, the important thing is knowing that is to demystify everything along the coffee chain and understand yeah. that there's real humans in Colombia, in Guatemala, in all of those coffee producing origins spending their whole lives growing coffee generations their generations, families lives yeah generations with different parts of their farms they have pickers there's so many people relying on coffee to make yeah. a living and they're not influencers they're not skateboarders or actors or musicians they are farmers some they are of, farmers hey, hey, some of them get down some, yeah. of, them, some of them are like the I homies, mean, the soccer players, oh shit, all right. Call of Duty players, oh shit, all right, uh, guitarists. Some Damn. of them right, have like bad, some, some good hobbies. So retract, retract they're, my they're, statement. They're not just coffee farmers. They're people with hobbies and passions, and they want the same thing we do, which is sustainability yeah. and um, being able they to. They just want to, yeah, survive happily. Yeah, that's all it yeah, is. Yeah, not live happily, not survive. Yeah, which, live happily, which live is happily. what we're all trying to do: is to not just survive, but Definitely. to live. But a tangible Mic drop. a tangible answer to the question. Next time you go get coffee, ask the baristas. What what coffee's in the hopper? Where where do you get your coffee from? And if they don't know, don't go there. <laughs> just don't. I mean we, we just had that happen earlier, but that's a whole different story. But anyway. Um, let's hit on some uh, someone asked what's the what's the best shops in LA based on coffee and vibes? Uh, you got, are, you got we, one? are we name dropping? Let's name some. Let's put some people on the good spot. On the good spot. They said they asked for for the best shops. We're not. This is not shit talk hour. That's a whole other thing. When things are being done inappropriately, I don't. I don't. You know. I'm gonna speak up on it. But right now, some. I guess I'll start. So, one shop that really, really impressed me earlier was Box Coffee down in the Arts District. Oh, they do. They uh, do the Turkish stuff, right? They do a Turkish coffee. So for the longest time, I've been wanting to get a taste of some Turkish coffee. I've seen it on Instagram. I've seen the sand pits. I've seen it done. Uh, Box Coffee is kind of new to the Arts District. I think they opened a year or two ago, right? They're new. They're newer. They're newer to the community. They are, from what I understand, the founders are from Turkey. Uh, so I went down there. Um, I ordered a Turkish coffee. It's cooked on a on a little mini burner. Um, I saw the coffee, so the barista prep prepared it. And side note, this was the first actual coffee shop that I went in. And I just from the vibe and kind of watching the baristas behind the bar, I was like, oh, this is like actually like specialists here. Like these people like know what they're doing and they know what they're about. I was really impressed just to start off. Um, I saw the Turkish coffee get finished and it was on the bar. And I went to go pick it up and I was like, oh, this is this my Turkish? And the barista said, yeah, but wait. Oh. Yeah, but wait. And oh, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I understood it's because it's going to be hot. And I yeah. was like, I was just really impressed that they didn't want to serve it until it's cool. Is there multiple ways to make Turkish coffee? Because I've seen them make it in it's like traditionally really hot sand. Yeah, it's traditionally sand pit. Here they do just the mini burners. Okay, nice. Um, but if you if you guys want to open up a shop with sand pits, I'm down. Hit me. Hit me up. Let's do it. But uh, so, yeah, I was told to wait. And it's just like, to me, that was a barista knowing their coffee and knowing their brew method and knowing what's going on and knowing when it'll taste best yeah which is like a barista worth their weight in beans is gonna like give you a pour over when it's cooled not when it's piping hot um yeah unless you don't like the customer yeah unless you yeah unless you hate them side note i don't know there's it just reminds me of this one time this district manager at this one coffee company i worked at wanted the pour over that i had dialed in piping hot and I, I had purposely set it to the side side and she was like no just give it to me just give it to me and i was like oh my god dude ah oh. i was how like do, I, how do people taste 200 degree coffee water you don't they just have <laughs> their their tongues are uh, they're actually not human beings it's all their tongues are like already like callous and scabbed yeah they're so <laughs> callous <laughs> callous and fucking scabbed up but this uh anyway this turkish coffee once it had cooled down and I picked the, the cup so small. So like 
This is like the type of cup where you don't go after a few espressos because you'll be shaking and it's like filled right to the brim with water because that's the only way to enjoy it. Um, the first sip through like, so you only drink two thirds of it because the bottom third is sandy, gritty espresso. Um, oh, I guess and to chime in on that, if you don't know what Turkish coffee is, it's really, it's finer, you, traditionally finer than espresso. So it's just like the most powdery coffee you can make. And boy, it, the water is boiled up so that the crema kind of evaporates and the powder coffee brews and the, the brewed coffee rises above the solids and the solids kind of settle at the bottom of the demi, uh, which is the small cup. And then, so sipping this, you only drink two thirds of it and it was just the most sweetest, it tastes like the sweetest big shot of espresso I've ever had. Um, it was very pleasant. I thought they did a really good job. Everyone go to box. That's my, wow. that's my mic drop. Wow, they should. Are you sponsored? No, no. Oh, wow. I love them though. They're really cool. You just des you good deserve team. a sponsorship. Yeah, they're a good team. Go. I highly recommend it. What do you got? <laughs> uh, for me, I honestly don't have. I like any. I I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't have any favorite LA shops. I definitely have LA shops that I trust and know that I can get great coffee. I also know that some of those shops. I'll go to and not get great customer service, but I'll get great coffee. Um, and then there's cafes that I know that I'll get good coffee, not the best, but I know the breeze is there and I'll get amazing customer service. And sometimes I it's want... It's a trade-off. Yeah, it's a trade-off. Sometimes you want like that fruity, rare, micro-lot espresso from yeah. those Nordic roasters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes you want just great customer, customer service and just hang out and also just get good coffee that's from a local yeah. roaster um, what's a good neighborhood someone if someone's like i'm i'm feeling a coffee call for today where, where would you point them oh there's so many dude there's so it's so there's so many it's so saturated it just depends what you want like if you want some of like the more if you want some of like those nordic roasts or some super light fruity coffees getting brewed at like a high ratio which is the style right now i would definitely say like the silver lake area um might not get the best customer service at some of them but definitely like really great coffee it's obviously very concentrated in there for any of those who live in that area or in la yeah. um but there's places all over culver city long beach long beach has some pretty cool vibes out there a lot of good customer service a lot of good Long Beach is going to be like your quietest coffee crawl. Yeah, the most like, but chill. Tame, tame and chill. Yeah, chill. You'll run into like those. Cafes. Go to go to Long Beach. I'll agree. You'll go to those cafes. <laughs> also, like serve natural wines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different areas. Yeah, I mean, I hope that answers your question. Uh, obviously, we're not going to name a lot, but yeah, that's just you know, do a Google search. Get on Google Maps. Do a. Uh, what I do, my method is I'll go on Google Maps, zoom into a neighborhood that I'm going to, just type in coffee and see what comes up. And then just like check the Instagram reviews, check the Yelp, check the website, see what they're about, see what their offering is. Are they, uh, are they an espresso bar or are they a pour over bar? Are they a cafe that focuses on food and coffee's an afterthought? Or are they a coffee, sh coffee forward shop that happens to do pastries and toast kind of thing? Um, decide on the vibe you're looking for either way. You know, if you're going to taste coffees, you can taste coffees at all kinds of different shops and you'll get varying degrees of customer experience and barista expertise and coffee offerings. Um, yeah, I hope that answers some of your questions. I hope this was a good connection for you guys. Uh, if you'd like, I'd appreciate if you chime in and tune in to uh, Instagram. Oh, is this the end? Is this the end of the pod? I think so, unless you got oh, something shoot. else. Yeah. Follow me on uh, Instagram. Uh, uh, my handle, I think it's underscore Adrian Elijah. That could be it. Yeah, shout out. Let's do it. Hold on. Follow me. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for following, uh, following me. Everyone who picked up a zine. Everyone who supports all that stuff. Adrian, your Instagram. I was wrong. It's uh, underscore Adrian Saucedo. Yeah, yeah that's right yeah. yeah everyone follow adrian to stay in touch <laughs> uh yeah i just i really appreciate uh everyone who connects i'm i'm just i love serving drinks i love doing this shit 
too much. It's kind of annoying sometimes. Um, definitely get in touch. Uh, once again, my name is Daniel. In case I know I'm pretty low key, my name is Daniel, aka Caffeinated Corpse. That's wait, my. Wait, wait, wait. What's your name? Daniel. Oh, okay. Daniel with the D and an A. N I E L. It's a capital D for oh, now. Wow. For now. It's yeah. very explicit. Um, stage name: Caffeinated Corpse. Yeah, this this whole caffeine aside shit. This started as like just a fan account for coffee, dude. Way back in the day, in, in the at the end of uh, 2018, going into 2019. So, yeah, I just I got so much love for all this, all the people doing coffee in, in LA. Did you say going into 2019? Yeah, yeah, going at the end, like the, the very start of 2019 is when uh, I got officially bar trained. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild three years now going on. Um, yeah, dude, a lot of love for people. Uh, shout out to you, the few people that just like opened up shops in LA and all the, I don't know, that's a whole other hour talking about what's been going on. But yeah, um, follow me, Caffeine Aside on Instagram, caffeineaside.com. Uh, if you can't spell, C A F F E I N E I C I D E dot com. Hit me up for uh, the, the coffee if you want yeah, some coffee. Yeah, Silver Lake stop by. If, if you don't know where I work, just shoot me a DM. I'll get you connected. Um, any last words? You got something else for the for the crowd? For the crowd? No, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, dude, it's I been love, cool. I, I love potting. You, even though potting. there's a lot You're a of... you potter? I'm, I'm not a potter, but I've always wanted to be Adrian, a ceramics by Adrian, coming to a shop Oof, near you. That would be sick. Hand uh, spun, hand poured, hand roasted beans, hand uh, packaged, handmade ceramics, hand delivered to your door. I'm down. <laughs> um... Yeah, I hope what we said was that somewhat meaningful. Hopefully, we didn't, we didn't sound too dumb. Yeah, and take this all with a grain of salt. We're not experts. Nobody's an expert. Self-proclaimed. Yeah, self. We're self-proclaimed experts. Yeah. A lot of people pretend to know, but they don't actually know things. Um. Yeah. If it's loud, it's because we're in downtown Burbank. Oh yeah. Or, and if my voice is annoying. I agree. Deal with it. <laughs> My voice is annoying. I don't even want to be listening Let back to this shit. Let us know whose right voice is more annoying. Yeah, hit us in the comments. Whose voice was more annoying? Who was more yeah. cringe on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, cringe. All right, and if you think we're cringe, I dare you to make a fucking podcast. Yeah. And I, I will listen. listen to it. Yeah. All right, anything else? Uh, donations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to donate, just show up to our coffee shop and tip us. And let's talk over some coffee. All I right? don't work at a coffee shop. Yeah, just, but you could buy coffee from me. Adrian will give out his address on the. I will Patreon. not give out. I will not give out my oh, address. Okay. But you could uh, hit me up for the good. All right. The good stuff. Alrighty, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Peace. Until next time. Nos vemos. Thank you. Muchísimas gracias.